Yo, um, it's another installment of the Black Sun Podcast. Um, you know, what is it? August 15th, um, Sunday. I um, just wanted to give a shout out to, again, Avaloy Podcast and Network, Avaloy Studios, for uh, giving the opportunity to use this space and opportunity uh, space to uh, give you all this platform that we're about to be on. Uh, pretty much, uh, I wanted to go ahead and give a rundown on um, just a continuation of some of the things that I've been talking about with the cancel culture and, uh, you know, Really talking about, there's, there's this thing going around saying that Lil Nas X is more toxic than people like Booty and uh, uh, Plies and some of the other individuals who spoke out against some of his recent videos. If you haven't watched his recent videos, go ahead and check them out. Uh, personally, you know, it's not something, I mean, I, I don't, me personally, I don't have an issue with his music. Um, I, I really think that, you know, he's providing a platform or a voice for a group of people who feel like they've been silenced throughout, um, you know, throughout their, their whole time. You know, they feel like they've been oppressed and they haven't been able to unify and be collective, uh, collectively together in harmony, you know, and just trying to be one with everybody in society. So uh, let me throw that out there. You know, I don't believe there is this gay agenda that, you know, everybody keeps trying to talk about. You know, I just think there's a group of people who want to really truly express themselves for who they are and not have to mask who they are based off of the uh, conservative values of pretty much the majority. You know, they don't feel as if that, you know, they're making anybody uncomfortable because they're just being who they are, you know. And I think everybody should have that opportunity to be who they are and, and feel comfortable in their own skin. So uh, on that note... Uh, I, I definitely want to. I got a couple of guests on today. Hopefully, they will participate. <laughs> um, no, uh, I'm, I'm going to let them introduce themselves real quick and, you know, we can go ahead and get the ball rolling. Yes, my name is Robert Wilkins. Um, also, on this podcast, and that's how I chime in whenever I can and give a, give a few of my opinions and views and the, the same thing that's being asked. <laughs> so, of course, of course. So if he asked me what do I think, then I would say something. But oh no, you can always chime in whenever you know, because this is this is always like I said, improv off the top. You know, we just kind of politic back and forth. Uh, you know, again, I, everybody has comments, and you know, I guess they have their own views on when it comes to that. Uh-huh. Uh, of course, you know, we have uh, our engineer on deck as well, so I want to give a shout out to him. Um, he might chime in here and there. I guess when he feels inspired. I might say something that triggers everybody in the room. So. <laughs> Again, if y'all haven't seen that little Nas X video, man, ugh, that's all I can say. But hey, it's not for me. Uh, I mean, his music is decent, don't get me wrong. I mean, he says a couple of things in the lines here and there that I think people should really pay attention to because he really is trying to uh, expound upon what's going on in pop culture in this uh, in the days and age, days age, you know, he's definitely in tune with uh, the misogynistic and uh, I guess uh, lack of uh, substance of you know thereof of certain people, especially when it's it's like you know you have all these black comedians, black male black men who are comedians who uh, take issue with Lil Nas X and how he looks and how he dresses and stuff like that, but they don't mind putting on a dress for a skit. Or they don't mind making, you know, making fun of black women um, wearing wigs and stuff type of stuff, like, you know, stuff like that in front of their, you know, oh, this is how a black teacher acts type deal, you know, and it's like, oh, you don't mind wearing a dress in that, you know, but it's like, but that says something about you, you know, it's like, 
So it's okay for you because you believe you're heterosexual. You can do that. But then a man who just openly wants to be that way, well, that makes you feel uncomfortable. And I say that in reference to what Lil Nas X says in the song is, you know, but you love Medea, huh? But it's true. It's like, how are you going to hate this man for what he's doing? But then you you don't criticize Medea. I mean, I, I criticize Medea, you know. I criticize Tyler Perry for that. But, you know, we've talked about that before on <laughs> um, other um, episodes. So. Yeah. Well, Robin, what do you think about that? I mean, as far as... Uh, well, before I think off the top of my head, you know, you were saying some things about when you say he was uh something was was it you said was it a video or was it nonsense at the music awards or I know I saw a snippet of him at the music awards and just me personally I saw things that I don't believe I can unsee. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean as far as him twerking on the stage and, um, and- Slobbing this the, the, the other guy down. They were, they, 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 they. <laughs> well, I mean, what, what's the difference between that and Madonna doing that to yeah, people, man? Just, I mean, Madonna does it all the time. And, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's just really interesting what we normalize, you know? I'm just saying, as a, as a black person in their culture, that's not something we are, <laughs> I don't feel like we're really accustomed to, or accustomed to seeing us. But maybe we used to seeing other races on on doing them things, but then when we when I see us doing it, it, it kind of it kind of is different. <laughs> it's just like okay. I mean, so what about um, I know you, I don't know if you've seen Vlad's uh, recent interview with Turk, and you know he was just, he was basically justifying why him and the baby why the baby would kiss them in the mouth. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he was he was literally justifying this like saying, Oh yeah, you know, we were on some mafia type, you know, it was one of those things. And I'm like, but then he, in the same breath they say, Well, oh, but he didn't kiss the older guys like that, like Juvie and all them. Cause you know, I mean he was a predator. I mean you think about it, it's like you you kissing these little these boys in the mouth, man, and you're telling me, Oh, it's like, oh, we're family. I'm like a dad to them. Like my dad didn't kiss me in my mouth, so I miss me on all that, man. I'm like, it's one thing for somebody to kiss you on the cheek. Okay, whatever, man. I might not want it like that, but hey, if that's y'all's flavor, that's y'all's flavor. Right. But it's yeah. like the I mean it's one of those things where we have to really the fact that nobody really says anything about it. I mean, even if people go back and look at the 106 and Park clip when the baby I mean, when or when baby walks out and kisses Wayne. And you see like AJ and Free, they're like, yo, whoa, whoa, what is this? What is this? And he's like, oh, that's like my son, you know, but but he isn't your son. <laughs> like, I just find it's kind of funny that it's like we talk about, they're talking about like Lil Nas X, but then it's like there's there's alleg- there's rumors against other rappers, you know, about their sexuality that nobody really questions anymore. Nobody says anything about it. You know, even even to the point where, you know, there's questionable things that people said about uh, Puff Daddy or Diddy or yeah. uh, Dick Love. Deep, I don't, what, what, what name is he going by right now? You know, it's like, I don't know. Or, you know, you got people like, um, I mean, let, I mean, let's see, who else? I mean, who, I mean, even, um, I, even, you know, they said things about Guru, you know, you know, Gyrus and Soul, you know, but it's one of those things where it's like, people don't have those conversations or who's with, uh, uh, KRS-One, the guy who had all the allegations against him that came out. Uh, the 
allegation against KRS. No, 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 no. The guy who used to run with uh, what's his name? Same uh, Africa, Bambada? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What were the allegations to that? Oh, that he was a pedophile or something like that? Yeah, yeah. He had some serious allegations against him, man. And then it's like, you know, they just miss it. You know, some of the people in the culture was like, nah, nah, that, that didn't happen. But just with me doing music and the, the little exposure I've, I've had with some people in the industry or around the industry, or, you know, I came here from California, so I was exposed to a lot with the industry and things like that, and just starting to meet people in the industry. And as soon as I started meeting the people that are in that industry, I started seeing it. I started seeing the gate at the same time. <laughs> like literally, I started to see. They had me question, do I really want to <laughs> go through that door? Just from the, just from the people that I was being exposed to before the gate <laughs> that that are also pretty much behind the gate as well. And I just, just like, and then, you know, of course I was, I did a lot of hip hop recording and dealt with artists and record, recorded with artists and, and then getting into transportation and field and stuff and actually meeting the artists that are like really out there and just how they carry themselves and what was going on and I'm just looking at these guys and you see, you'll see them on TV and they're portraying this happy life but then when I'm meeting them and now like, these people these guys are rich they got money but then I look at them you know the energy they give off and like they are completely miserable <laughs> and and I never to this day I never felt like I met a, a more modern slave than when I met these particular rappers and entertainers, they're just like miserable, it's like somebody's controlling everything about them. They call me like, where's he at? Where's he? Are you serious? <laughs> you know, so that's just my, my little insight. So when you talk about certain artists, I know a little bit more about them or the energy that they give off when you were saying certain things about it. I was almost to the point like, okay, who's gonna see that? <laughs> Who's <laughs> actually going? You know, going to go to see is because you know the industry is definitely something else, and I just realized how controlled it is. So when we talk about nonsense, and we talk about anybody in the industry, there's no other industry like the music industry, and seeing firsthand, it is completely, completely controlled, and anything that's interjects that control is 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 gonna be a problem. So like I said, if you see Lil Nas X and another artist says something that, that they don't like about that, that's gonna be that's gonna be checked, you know what I mean? It's okay. not it's not how it was back in the day with hip hop. Hip hop was to me more it was more it was more free. I mean you could more freedom of speech. You can give your opinions on this rapper and talk about that rapper and this and that, but it's not like that now because the industry is way more controlled. I, I believe when the, to me, the timeline when it became controlled is the introduction of gangster rap. That's when the controlling started. That's when I believe the executives would, you know, they would have these meetings and like, hey, I'd like y'all to meet our new, um, a new owner, <laughs> new owner of the industry, and then you 
you'll see people in black suits like, well, they're not dressed like that. Who are these people? And all the executives is at this table, and then you gotta sign these gag orders and all of this, and you know, so that's when the, uh, the I believe the agendas come into play because this investor, if he's invested in this company, you can't be saying anything against what, because you don't know what these other, these things, these people are investing in as well. Got it. It's not just rap music, but that, that rap music fuels what they, <coughs> fuels what their in, investment on what, what they make their money off of. Just say for instance, per se, you got this investor, he, he just invested into the rap industry but he's also invested in the penal system. That's his other investment. So you can't be rapping about unity and peace and all that. He gonna, he wants you to rap about some things that's gonna get you <laughs> get you locked up <laughs> and, and influence the kids to do that. So that now he's making he's making that 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 money that feeds that fuels his investment. So that's more of what I feel the the investment is into definitely hip hop because I still I believe that's the most influential music out there. Period. So that's when it went from hip hop and positive and unity and all of that to uh, uh, you know like music. <laughs> you know, it's just for example, you know, and, and now you got it where these rappers not even bouncing, they talking about ops and all of this stuff, like they ain't even no back no battle rap, just I'm gonna shoot you and I'm gonna smoke it. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something with your name on it. it. It's definitely a whatever you call it. Um, <laughs> I mean that's like a, that's a that's a that if I ever out of all the ways you can get locked up, this here new era of music I believe is a straight pipeline to jail <laughs> or just death, quick death. <laughs> So, so definitely when you look at uh, people like, um, you know, uh, Pop Smoke and some of the other ones who were so young when they came out into the music industry that they went out so quickly as well. Mm -hmm. um, because of the atmosphere that they had to surround, surround themselves around, um, you know, it speaks to, like you said, the, um, the unsafe environment that certain genres, certain, I guess, uh, Types of rap has caused, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's one of those things where I know, like, the back and forth, we all talk about uh, people like uh, NWA and, uh, you know, some of the other uh, gangster rappers, you know, of that time, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those things where um, I'm, I just think it's interesting that people have an issue. Like, we, people have always talked negatively about some of that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we notice that people don't like, um, you know, when it comes to, uh, the sexual explicit lyrics, people have always said things about that. They talked about uh, about sagging of the fans and things like that, but it just seems like certain people are not talking about it. The right people are not talking about it, or the right people do not care about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's something that, you know, I think is really interesting as well, you know, when you talk about, uh, you know, the hyper-masculinity, the over-sexualization. Uh, people took issue with Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion twerking on stage on each other, but you don't have an issue with women twerking on the male artist, the next segment. It's literally the next segment you'll see women twerking on the man, but that's not an issue. That, why does that not make you uncomfortable to see on television? 
but it makes you uncomfortable to see two women dancing with each other on television. But both of them are, are normative behaviors in our society that we all see all the time. If you go to a club, you will see two women dancing on each other, if not more. Right. So it's one of those things where it's like, is it is it an issue because black men or men in general feel like they don't have any control over that anymore? Like the women now are controlling their agency in the sense that if you're gonna over-sexualize me, I'm going to monopolize that market. I'm gonna start charging you for it. Or I'm going to be able to own the artistic expression of me gyrating on TV or on stage now. Yeah, I can see I can see that happening. I can see I can see them empowering themselves and and uh, pretty much me personally so far as doing music and recording artists and you know, my my whole thing like sitting at these round round tables with some of the artists I've had or their input, which I already told them before they went in there, like, you got in front of these executives, because they was always trying to do, you know, the music that was in the now, but I always did music that I felt like would be the next, the next level, but they have to hear from somebody else saying, well, we went in there and they said, well, we like the music, but uh, we're looking for the next best thing, but I, you know, I pretty much already told them that, so... When I get into producing, decide I wanted to produce again, I figured pretty much the majority of the people I'm going to be recording or whatnot are going to be females because I already feel like that's going to be the next step in level. As you can see, that's happening. That's happening right now. So, you know, that's pretty much the you know the next step in the future. So when you see that, that's what that's what you're seeing: women, hip hop artists, and empowering yourself instead of just being the background dancers twerking they're they're the ones on the mic and <laughs> definitely and got the men in the background <laughs> i won't say necessarily twerking but i'm just saying <laughs> i mean yes definitely i mean there's a, there's a lot of artists um and people talk about um megan Thee stallion and cardi b but there's others you know who've been doing it a little bit earlier and especially some of the euro rappers in Europe, you know, they've already done that, you know, uh, Stefan Don, and you know, you have people like Lady LaSure, um, I mean, there's a couple of other, uh, Mrs. Banks, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, there's a couple of uh, European rap, uh, Euro rap uh, women that, you know, have already been, you know, cornering that market, mm-hmm. and it's just really interesting now that you're seeing it full fold coming around all the way around now, um, and, and, and it's interesting because some of those artists, those women rappers I just mentioned, don't mention sexually explicit lyrics, but they don't really have, they have it, but it's not the sole purpose of their music. Like they're not just, they're not just putting a, a woman, a woman, a woman's face mm-hmm. on male misogynistic rap. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's the same, I mean, now we've always had those female rappers like Trina, um, Lil' Kim, Foxy Brown, right. you know. They were just, they were just, uh, what do you call them? They were, you got the main character, but you got the, back of the, the group just uh kind of the the assisted to the movement of the music that was was going on they were there but they were weren't the oh, forefront the forefront artists. they weren't just pushed as hard they were like the the background people and i just hear little things and research and stuff and just like say for instance for instance like a, 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 a not a music is it a 
So Mia X. Yeah, I like Mia X and um, Machat and Gangsta Boo. But just to find out how important Mia X was, like she literally found a lot of the art. She found mystical. Like, are you serious? You know, like found all of these artists and did a whole lot more with that label. I would believe if if, if she wasn't there, there wouldn't have been a no limit. <laughs> That, you know, it's like, so women were always there, but they weren't, yeah. you know, they were just like, oh, yeah, thank you, help me out. And just push you, you know, to the side a little bit and, and you know, things like that. So I mean, that's sometimes you, you say with sexuality and stuff like that, like and the music and all that, it's, it's always been there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, the only question is like, like, why now? Why is this, this all of this push for something that hasn't always been there? It's nothing for them to already have their own circuit, you know? If you got a circuit of mini music, circuit, whatever they call it, why hasn't it always been there <laughs> to me, so? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think we're in an age of uh, this postmodernist age now where it's, uh, where no, people no longer want to ascribe to the normative behaviors that we typically, that our grandparents and our parents and everybody else had and tried to follow before. You know, I think a lot of people are just tired and they're more red. I think I think due to social media, due to the internet, due to uh, other media platforms like TikTok, um, Twitter, Instagram, you know, I think that you're able to be more exposed. You know, you're, you're able to obtain information more rapidly. You know, I think prior to that, a majority of people were only um, familiar with their, their region, their hometown, their, you know, they, they, you know, a lot of people did not, they, did, they didn't have that ability to uh, cross-pollinate as quickly. You know, it's easy for somebody to start an Instagram account or a YouTube channel now, and somebody in Norway, Germany, you know, Belgium, mm -hmm. they could be streaming your music then, and it go viral in Russia there. Mm -hmm. And you not go viral here first, mm -hmm. but then you already have an international market, which could also bring, you know, actually benefit you more you know, and, I, and I'm saying that in reference to people like uh, Takashi 69 mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people don't know that Takashi 69 has a large international following. Mm -hmm. You know, based off of his earlier YouTube streams. So it's like he was blowing up overseas prior to a lot of people going here. You know, so he once he had a niche audience there, he started. You know, I mean, I think he's one of the. You know, he's one of the an exemplar of. Uh, utilizing social media to, to gain uh, start or because you know he had like I know they said he had like a clothing line at first and mm -hmm. he would just like be around people but he would have these outlandish sayings on these shirts uh -huh. and stuff like that would it cause him to go viral he would just show up at places in New York and people just started to know like who's that guy who is that who is he mm -hmm. you know I think the more you get just Photo bomb, you know, or just upload it on like certain sites and go viral. If you're on media takeout or something like that, I mean, uh -huh. you might end up getting like a, a ten thousand, five thousand dollar deal just because of something you did on media takeout. Branding yourself, you know, and, and, and it's really interesting now that um, well, I mean, what's the girl uh, Doja Cat, mm -hmm. um, another artist who, who made it off of that kind of stuff, you know, and and it's just really interesting. Lil Nas X is an example of that too, you know, where you know, social media has helped him gain stardom. And um, I think one of the earlier 
one of the other examples of this, and I think it, the reason why I think we have so many issues now is because I think social media is a is another component that people have to consider when one is about to go famous. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, earlier it was the execs could go in and say, they, they already have their picks, right? So uh-huh. m- music execs, I'm assuming they already have their picks. Uh-huh. And because they have their picks, you know, this is how it's going to be. This is this is the format. Right. That's we know we saying. want these artists to come out at this time. Right. But what happens is the people speak now due to social media. That's another vote. Uh-huh. And if there's an artist who nobody really knows, but they are, you know, the, the execs don't know them, but social media is telling these execs, you need to know this person. Their song is already streamed over a thousand, ten thousand views in 24 hours. You have to pay attention to that person now, but that's somebody that the industry has not was not prepared to bring on board. They haven't been vetted. They haven't been um, indoctrinated into the system to understand the, the protocols, the policies that they already have these these um, uh, what is it safeguards that they have in place, so that you know you have people like the baby, you know, or people who say things, who, or Tyrese, for example, uh-huh. Tyrese. Um, you know, I, I still believe that if Tyrese was never on that Coca-Cola commercial, I don't think his career would have been what it is. Right. And and, and but that was something that the industry was not accounting for. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, of course, he's rough, he was rough around the edges at first because he was a he was a school or indoctrinated first to understand this is how you do this. Mm-hmm. So um, people uh, like I think American Idol is another example of where you see artists who who made it because of their social media um, attraction. You know, uh, Fantasia. Um, you know, Jennifer Hudson. You know, these individuals—they are great people, but I don't think the industry was prepared for them to come on board because there was this other component called social media that catapulted their careers further than what people thought. Right. Um, Kelly Clarkson, you know, others, you know, have done wonders. It helped some people, but I think other people, it hurt them because the, the, the industry is so cutthroat, they just wanted to use that wave, that social media wave that that person had at that given moment to get what they needed out of it. And then once they slip up, they they don't they don't have an issue with letting them be canceled. Because then at that point it's like, well, we got what we wanted out of them. We got that 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 with a one hit wonder. And that was like, oh yeah, okay, fine, whatever, you know. We just shove them like like we're supposed to, and then bring up the real people who we want. Social media being cutthroat on the top of that. <laughs> I mean, definitely, Black Twitter will cancel you, man. I don't know if you know about Black Twitter, but Black Twitter will cancel you if you say some things that are crazy. Right. <laughs> right. You got algorithm, man. That's what I'm talking about, control, because it's supposed to be freedom of speech, and you're supposed to be able to say what you want, but that's not that's not what's happening. <laughs> you know, they always say freedom's not free, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's not happening. I mean, well, I, I mean, it's one of those things where I always, um, I don't have an issue with anybody saying anything. Say what you want. Like you said, freedom of speech. But I also say you cannot police or dictate how somebody responds. Right, right. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I say that, you know, but... I mean, it's, it's one of those things where we all know that there's certain groups of people who who control, you know, the bulk of everything as far as like economics and, and, and that nature. Um, it's one of those things where what are you expecting? It's like if you talk about one of those demographics of people, 
in a negative light. Right. What makes you think that the outcome was going to be different for you? Like, what makes you think that you were going to get a pat on the back and and they say, "Good job, you spoke your truth." Right. I mean, it's one of those things where uh, I, it's it's funny because I, I watched uh, Jerry Maguire again the other day. Yeah. And you remember when he had that epiphany? He writes that whole manifesto. You know, it, oh, we need the lawyer, blank, blank. You know, we gotta, you know, give uh, more, you know, be more sincere to our athletes, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And our clients, they're just not figures, they're people. Mm-hmm. You know, he got applause, right? Mm-hmm. But then he got fired. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it was like, yeah, we, 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 res- we really right. do respect your honesty, but you're costing us money. You know, and it's one of those things where it's like, if, if, if you're making them money, you're okay. As, as long as you're making the money, you're fine. But as soon as you're a threat to, like you said, some some other uh, sponsorship or some other business that they have dealings with that's, that gives them more money than you, right. and they're not willing to lose that, you know, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be in a uh, tough situation, you know. Yeah, an investment, you sleeping in the bed with who? I mean, that's the first thing I think you should research before you say anything, <laughs> you know, really. All I say is, the industry is not is definitely controlled way more than anything now. It's just by who's controlling it, and that's money. That's money. And they don't want any opposition to them making their money. Not just all right money. I'm talking about hand over foot money. <laughs> and anything anything that goes against that is they had to they, they had to do something about that they have to stop that so i think it's also interesting that a lot of the gangster rappers or hardcore rappers that we we have out um you know are educated and well educated or come from an educated family you know somebody in their family was some former president of some university or you know their grandparents or something you know it's like they had a solid foundation Right. You know, but yet they still choose to manipulate the culture right. for their own personal economic gain. I listen to them like proper speaking. It's really interesting. Together, I'm like, wow, you really, you, you know, somebody's educated as soon as they open their mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it's funny the fact that you, I mean, but why even go to that point where it's like you know you're exploiting people who really think that what you're saying is real. You know, uh, like somebody told me yesterday, uh, a good friend was saying that. One of the problems he, he thinks it what well, he, he thinks it is what it comes to is um, the the rappers today the young kids today who are coming up rapping are more hardcore gangsters than the ones who they listen to and think that they were who were who they thought were the gangsters because they actually are embodying or living the life that the other guys were rapping about thinking okay this is who I have to be. To, to match that level of man manliness. So it's like they are the ones who are really, you know, running these trap houses and, th- and listening to Jeezy, thinking like, okay, this is how I gotta live because this is what Jeezy is saying is the way we live in the South, in the dirty, dirty South type thing, you know, and it's like, that's crazy, you know, because it's like they, they really are trying to think, they're really living the life that these rappers are saying is the life that they were living with. They're just giving you a narrative or a, a image that they're painting of a false reality that they never lived. With their owners, they're giving a script. <laughs> Nowadays, I mean, they're, they are, like I say, I've never met 
people that I felt that are like truly slaves right now. I mean, the image that they portray, and you'll see them, you'll be like, man, you just, you're like, do I even, do he, does he even have the money that he's, <laughs> that he's portraying and saying he has? And then they're just like miserable. They're like, their, their heads are down. They're angry. I'm like, you was living in life. <laughs> I mean, dude, these these guys are miserable. The ones that I have seen and met, and I'm just like, even as myself, starting out as an artist, I'm kind of glad I stayed on the music side of it. Because I think in the music industry, the worst position you could ever have is the artist. Because they own you. I mean, every aspect of you. And you have to do what they say. You can have positive stuff, but if that doesn't go to their narrative and to to the to the investors, they, they listen to all that stuff before we get no, you can't do that. Well I'm gonna do it anyway. Okay, well uh, <laughs> you know, well we wanna make we gonna make it to where you don't do that. How about that? <laughs> All, all of a sudden, you have tax evasion. Right, yeah, all of, um, yeah, all of these all of a sudden. So, I mean, I think that's why, I, I mean, I noticed that they said a lot of artists were trying to get a, get around that by releasing mixtapes. That was their way of trying to, you know, put out the music that they kind of wanted to put out, but the, the record label was like, nah, we're not going to put that out right now. So what they'll do is release a mixtape, and it just, oh, the music's out, you know, but it doesn't necessarily go towards their... You know, record sales, but yeah, it just like, promotes. Yeah, it just promotes them. So, I mean, or you know, I know that somebody was saying about what is the 360 deals. I know that they were saying that that's one of those big topics about that, right? You know, yeah. Uh, where they take a piece out of everything, but it's like if you, like you said, as an artist, if you come in and you don't have anything, like a true artist who comes in with nothing. You know, I mean, people like Future. I mean, Future. I heard, you know, with with his family, with part of Dungeon Family or something, you know, like an uncle or somebody. So it's like, he, you know, he's always been in the industry. He had an in, you know, or you know, there's other people whose parents are in the industry. So it's like they can always just get in. You know, it's like they didn't have to work from the bottom or create these contacts. There was already somebody there that was willing to kind of vouch for their their artistic work. Right. So it's like they don't have to kind of sell their soul per se away, you know. But it's like I think it's really interesting, especially when you know, like they say with some of the three sixty deals. Like if you were an artist and didn't have like um, the, the the producers or the records, they're the ones who were paying for everything. But you you end up being in a hole so much because you know your masters. Because I know Fat Joe was talking about that at one point. But he was saying he was paying out so much money just for just legal things, like just to get himself out of like with the IRS, you know. But it's like nobody was telling him that, you know. That was that was a movement with, within itself. That's why you don't see that many independent record labels. You yeah. know, that's not by chance. And now you, you pretty much dealing with the straight majors close to the investors <laughs> as opposed to all of these independent record labels and stuff that used to be out there and you wonder what happened to them and they were so hot this and that like it's not by chance that they they're not there anymore and that's when those when those record labels are not there anymore you don't hear the freedom the free music the freedom that you know the, the music that was positive or gave you wisdom like oh if you come to this town when you go to a town you already listen, know to listen to the rap music so you know how it is before you, you know yeah. you even you even get there 
you know, like a what's the what are some of the, the labels that were 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 out? It's just like but, but but a lot of those labels, like Luke Skywalker and all them, they they owned their music and they got to say you know what they want to say and made their money, but but not now. You, I mean, it just you really it, it just you know that's that's what I say. You're about to meet up. You you about to meet. You're meeting people that are, are owned. <laughs> yeah. You have owned or they are owned. Like I said, I never came close to meeting somebody that I felt like was a true modern day slave. I was depressed. They made me depressed. Yeah. Just even being around them. <laughs> I mean, you sit there and wonder why they're when they're smoking and get high. Like like they really need that stuff. <laughs> because they are completely miserable with money if they even have it. I mean, it's, I mean, I know it's not hip hop, but I know Nickelback came up with that song "Rockstar." You know, and they were saying that, mm-hmm. you know, saying I'll even uh, cut my hair and change my name and all this. <laughs> you know, so basically, you know, said that, you know, basically, you know, saying that they'll even sell their soul basically to the extent just to be a rock star. You know, um, losing your sense of self in the in the uh, in, in the culture and the industry. You know, but on another topic, yeah. so do you think would you consider Bootsy more toxic than Lil Nas X? see him as more toxic because I could see Lil Boosie going against the grain because I, I feel like he has more control over his music definitely than Nas X would be because I believe it's, a, it's like a, a job sir that position is there already. So you're saying Lil Nas X is uh... Yeah I was believing I believe that that position was already there. You have. <laughs> so they were just waiting for another guy to for come somebody in to take 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 the mantle. Take that, that, that <laughs> interview the right person and then hire him. And he's he sitting there with his paper like, yo, I get the uh uh uh. Yeah, I never did. So, so somebody <laughs> told me there was somebody told me, and I don't think this. I really don't think this is true. But right. somebody was telling me uh, that they don't think he's gay. That they think all oh, this is just a. Uh, ploy or like a plant that and now he can't backtrack it type deal you know it was like I mean I don't know man personally I don't care it doesn't he's matter from, to he's me. from Atlanta right but, but, um, is he from Atlanta is he's from here right I'm not sure for, for, so far as I can remember I mean I can always me. uh, you know we all got phones right so I guess we all could just look it up real quick huh? right I mean you're in Atlanta you know they have that a large community of that yeah now they need somebody to fill that position to make that money. <laughs> I mean, but somebody was even telling me even um, in New York. I'm not from New York, so I wouldn't know. But they were saying something about uh, Greenwich Village. You know, and they were saying that in New York it's kind of like that. Oh, it's kind of like what? You know, uh, that there were parts of Greenwich Village that, you know, all the hip-hop fans used to be over there. That, that was like a hub for hip-hop and rap. Okay. But, but they were saying that you know, in that same area where you at, you know, there's a lot of uh, queer and gay bars and clubs like, as well. Like Brooklyn. So, so for them to sit there and lie and be like, oh, they're all manly and you knew you were around those same guys when you were making it in New York. Stop making it seem like you, you know what I'm saying? You parlay with these cats, just, you know, one and the same. They're just, so don't make it seem like those are the people that you've never been around. You know, they've always been around in the industry and everything like that. So it make it seem like you're excluded. Seems like it seems like just to me with the pattern of gentrification and things like that. Take Brooklyn for example, how hard it was, and then gentrifying. 
come. Just say a guy gets locked up in hip hop and then gets out 20 years later and then and comes back home and, and, and his whole neighborhood is is is, is gay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's from Lithia Springs. Yeah, he has a whole community. He's not from somewhere else and came here and set up a shop. <laughs> but they said he got made a lot of money off of uh, TikTok, right? You know, uh, that's why he kind of wrote the yeah, How old is he? How old is he? Um, he's 22. Well, I guess his first song, was that even really a rap song? Old Town Country Road? That was a song song. Well, they, 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 um, they classified it as country rap. Uh-huh. Um, which is really interesting because if you, if you listen to a lot of rap, uh, country music, a lot of it now does kind of sound like rap anyway. But, but I didn't hear gay in it though, you know. <laughs> well, it was I've more subliminal. Of, I never heard a, a gay country song. Well, it was more, it was a little bit more subliminal what he was saying in it. It wasn't like, it was more covert. But it, what, oh, what he's been saying so is. So he was singing the song and then after the fact, when people realized what well, he was that's really what he was, talking yeah, about yeah, in yeah, his life. Yeah, became a problem. But that's it seemed like that's kind of been going on like some of the R&B yeah. Luthers or, or whatever you want to say and you think that person that been singing songs to a woman that whole time and then finding out that all those songs were written he was rapping singing to a, another guy but it was a great song I didn't know, I didn't know about Luther <laughs> I heard about stories about Luther but I, mean, I didn't right. know about that yeah things like that the whole time that he was they they panties on stage and all that. He wishing they would draw. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I ever but it was a great, you know, it's a great song. And it seems like I've seen that a lot. You just, just because the artist is writing a song that that that's the race they're, they're singing and writing these songs to the opposite sex. And it's, it's not like that, but it was, it's a great song. But then you find it after that, oh man, that's all messed up. You singing about horses in the back, <laughs> in the front and the back, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just a. I mean, but I feel like, is that is that their problem or is it your problem? Like, and that's the kind of thing when I'll be like, I, I think that only reason why a lot of people be mad is because it makes them personally feel uncomfortable. Right. And that's the only reason why they say anything, right. you know? And I think when it comes to uh, the black community, and I said this on another part, or on another episode, and, um, you know, I know, like I said, I already bring it back that up, but I basically said that, you know, black people are uh, the most conservative group, that one of, if not the most conservative group in America. And more folded. And, and more folded than anybody. And it's one of those things, when you look at our, our faith, how we look at Christianity, you know, it's one of those things where, uh, I remember when I was a kid, I went to a predominantly uh, white church, and they were all wearing jeans and, and just regular school clothes. Like it wasn't even nothing, you know, they didn't really trip, you know. And then it's like coming from off, you know, our home church, you can't even get him without a tie on. You know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, the only time we could dress down really was like fifth Sunday, you know. How many times you have a five Sunday, you know? Right, right. Yeah, that doesn't happen often, you know. <laughs> but, but it's one of those things where we have to think about that kind of stuff, you know. But um, I mean, I just think that's really kind of crazy, you know. We, we, we don't even think like that, you know. Uh, it's even when, um, you know, like I'll see some memes or something on the internet, and it'll be uh, a woman wearing like a maxi uh, dress or, or something like that, form fitted, she's courageous. And the captain is, is appropriate in the workplace. 
Why are you looking? You should be working. Like, we, I mean, I said that only because it's like, why? It's only making you personally feel uncomfortable. That's the only reason why you're saying something about it, you know. But you know, teach is on. You know, I just, I just think it's really interesting that um, you know, people, we as black people, you know, we we're one of the first to say things, you know, but. We don't speak about certain things either. You know, we don't want to call out the pedophiles in our family, but we want to criticize our family. Uh, right. You know, type of deal yeah, like that. Got or, Kelly in every family. Or we know that the pastor, we know that some certain <laughs> pastors slept with multiple congregation members and got multiple kids across the congregation. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't want to fault with him. Y'all want to fight with fault the woman. Y'all don't say she should have kept the legs closed. But she knew the pastor was like that. Why she even go to his office? You know, but it's like, why are you faulting this woman where you know that man is a predatory person? You know, and it's like, but you won't say nothing about it, you know? And then be like, Lord bless the first lady. You know, I know she don't know, but she knows. Don't make it seem like this woman don't know her husband. I mean, it's the same thing when I'm looking at like Kelly's wife in this video. She knew. She knew. Now, I mean, you can't sit here and tell me that you've been with this man that many years. You're trying to tell me not once did you see some kind of reminiscences of that behavior that y'all was saying that he just was doing all this whole time. Not once did you ever see any of it. Did you ever see that tape? Nah, I did not want to see that tape. Yeah. They, I mean, they said if you had it, you'd go to jail for looking at it. You know, but yeah, that was back in the day when BH VHS was still out. I mean, they said and I wound up seeing it in the studio, and, and and it was crazy because. The, the picture, the video, you, you saw the girl dancing, you thought she was looking at a full-grown woman. Okay. But then when she turned around, she had her thumb in her mouth and this little baby face, and I was like, oh, my. I was, I was, I was, I, I never be able to see that. <laughs> On how that goes. I'm glad I did not see it. Right, the things that you, you did, I didn't even think a human could do those. The human body couldn't even work like well, they said they were calling. They said on the video that his name was being called or something like that in the back or something like that. Excuse me, at the same time, I ain't never been. <laughs> it was crazy. It was sick, man. I was looking at something demonic. It was crazy. Either you know what I'm saying? It's gonna be more graphic, but that's how it was. Either I was skiing or I'm peeing. How did he do it at the same time? <laughs> it, was, it was crazy, but it was just. <laughs> it was terrible, but when you saw her from behind when she was dancing, you thought she was looking at a full-grown woman, but when she turned around, oh my goodness, man, she had this little young baby face, and she had her thumb in her mouth, like, it was like... That's, that's terrible. Right. That's real terrible. Right. It's, it's safe to say we're glad that he, you know, he got locked up for all that bitch. Oh. But I, I also think everybody can get goofy and get locked up, too. Especially the relative that, but that's that industry. Man. Right, it's, right. It's really, it's very. It's got, it's got some <laughs> no demonic vices to it. That's for sure. We just want to sit there and ask, okay, so whatever. What was his job? What did his master ceremony? Okay, so he's definitely going to be in the music industry. I mean, <laughs> if I'm ever going to see him, <laughs> I mean, what was that? I will see. Patrick Drury talks about it multiple times, so on, 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 so on,
was a pastor. Um, and you got uh, what Lil White. Lil White talks about that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, three six mafia through and through. They mention all of that kind of stuff. You know, it's in the name. It's in the name. You know, even then, you know, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, speaking of that, I mean, look at it, a lot of people see the mafia and all that where happened. They're still relevant. I mean, I feel like they were like the, the bearers of what you see now. You know, the type of rap that you see right now. Um, it's like Juicy J is still on tracks. Like, I mean, it's like, <laughs> then he's still putting on records. He was more of a producer, he did the music. He's going to have a relevance. I mean, it's, it's, it's just it's constantly there. It's, it's like in every track, it's just the same. It's, it's, it, 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 you know. Um, I mean, personally, I like Pat Project. Pat Over, you know what I'm saying? I mean, to, to you know, teach it over. I just feel like it's crazy when you think about that. And then you got people like, uh, even with them, you know, you had uh, Chad and all this little guy. And I was telling somebody when it came to Megan Thee Stallion, I was like, I definitely think that she literally taking off she they're taking off of that that, that, that uh, Midwest Texas um uh, uh style and I think that she's uh, kind of like their she's like their daughter in a sense, you know like she you can literally hear her and you know she has that chocolate style. You can almost you can almost pretty much say somebody written some of them songs for her. Oh yeah out of that out of that camp. Oh yeah. I, I mean I there are, Thank you.